Hello and welcome to another Nine Circles Audio thing. As always, I'm your host, Buke. And on this episode, we take a trip out west to the dusty Wild West. And we'll we'll saddle up at the bar with our album of the month for October. That's Wayfarer American Gothic. And as always, I have assembled like a mighty metal Power Ranger or Voltron. I've assembled the best writers in the heavy metal game to form and unite for the Nine Circles Album of the Month chat. Again, you heard me. American Gothic by Wayfarers or Album of the Month for October. And I'll introduce the wonderful staff. You know them all right now. Going left to right on my computer screen. Hera, you are up first. How oh are you on this Sunday evening? Post I'm happy falling uh, back. I'm happy I'm happy that we got that hour back because I can finally be my true self, a winter gremlin. So uh when it starts getting dark at four, you're like, ah, you perk up. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's my time. It's my time well, to cause chaos. Well, uh, welcome. Glad to have you here again. And on my screen to, to the right, sipping his uh tea. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Are you a uh gray or a black tea guy? Or are you more of a green tea, Ian? Um oh, that's a really tough question because I I I I'm pretty tea agnostic, all things considered. I don't I don't have a preference. I like I I I, the, I don't like black tea if it's just black tea. I'm not like a like an Earl Grey person, but like I'll doctor it up with some lemon, some honey. But I guess typically I go for um for more green teas, I suppose, because they tend to have more of like I don't know. I like a tropical root blend. Um, this is a uh, the Trader Joe's ginger turmeric herbal tea. Not sponsored, but if you're willing, send the check. It's quite delicious. Uh, and it's I, also caffeine-free because it's a Sunday night. So party hard, baby. I was at Trader Joe's yesterday. And it seems like every time you talk to somebody, either walking in, walking out of Trader Joe's, or somebody who you might know, every item they recommend, they'll say it's the best in the store. Like, you have to get these these uh, cashew covered cashew butter oh, cashews. Yeah. They're the best cashew thing. Butter covered cashews. Yeah, I bought caffeine in a bag yesterday. Um because when sometimes you just can't have enough cashews. Like exactly. literally it's yo dog, I heard you like cashews when you put cashews on your cashews. <laughs> well, uh a Ooh. man a man who goes hard in the coffee game, do you equally go hard in the tea game, Vince? Um so I I'm not a big tea drinker actually pretty much at all um i much much prefer coffee to tea uh that said i have been enjoying slipping an herbal tea into my daily routine um and that's usually what i'll go for like if i want caffeine i'll drink coffee but i'll drink tea specifically if i uh am trying to avoid any more caffeine i like I anything it. hibiscus as Ooh. far as herbal teas go Ooh. which is a lot of them thankfully but like hibiscus teas are my jam i love a good peppermint tea especially like late at night like that's my cozy drink is peppermint tea yeah i or like have a lemon been, ginger one too you know vince i've been hooked on ginger recently i like ginger tea and i've had some ginger candies well i thought i you like ginger, ginger candy i thought i love ginger so much let me just get like candied ginger like big chunks of it from trader joe's 
I don't like ginger that much. Let me just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> sort of masochistic. Uh, it it does still retain quite a bit of that burn, but yeah. I do like oh, ginger candy a lot. There, there is a burn to it. Uh, left on my computer screen to your left, somebody who has uh, nothing going on in her world right right now. Angela, how are you doing on this Sunday evening? Excellent. I am also enjoying the ginger turmeric tea from Trader Joe's, which is Would quite delightful. Would you care to talk about your unbridled passion for just basically chewing on large chunks of ginger? Fucking love ginger. I do. Do you? We, yeah. <laughs> I know Harris like super opposed. I see that. But yeah. You know, so Angela, do you know the concept of like the big candy ginger like sections that looks like you're grabbing a brick of ginger from Trader Joe's? That's what I got. Like oh. sliced. It's like looks like sweet potato slices of ginger. Hell yeah. I have not had that. <laughs> but um I eat the Chimes brand ginger yeah. chew candies and there is a mango one and I'm obsessed with mango and that one's she amazing. She says them. When she says she eats them, I'll come home from work and our <laughs> coffee table will be literally covered in a thick hey. layer of wrappers. Hey, I'm the same way when it she fucking inhales them. <laughs> When it when it comes to uh, now or later's, I used to be the same way. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> okay, well, Angela, uh, you were absent last episode, um, and we we went long. So uh, if you would have been here, we probably would have tripled that. So glad to have you back this this month, uh, Colin. Last time I kicked it over to you, we got into the discussion about burgers. Are you a tea man? Not particularly, no. I don't dislike it. It's just not something I ever go for. I'd probably go with green tea, though. Honestly, that would... Oh, there's this one type... I wish I could remember what it's called. There's this one type of tea that it's... uh, What they use is, like, only harvested in China, like, a couple months out of the year or something, and it's kind of like a milk flavor to it, but it's just the flavor of the actual uh, plant. I can't remember what that is, but I've had that before. That was pretty good. I could tell you something to avoid. Uh, my daughter and I last night at Trader Joe's, she had seen some in her animes or something online. Uh, she made us get a dragon fruit yesterday. Knock I don't know if this one was up. bad. I don't know if I'm still post-COVID with my flavor still gone. But this thing, we just sliced it in half and ate it with a spoon. This thing was horrible. It's weird. They're weird it is. and slimy. It is yeah. tasteless and yep. it makes you uh, go to yeah. the bathroom. Uh, it horrendous, Hera, horrendous. Well, Colin, you might not be a tea drinker, so I can't engage you in conversation about tea. But the one thing we can agree on is our album of the month, and that's American Gothic by Wayfarer. Now, I have been following Wayfarer, oh my gosh, going back to 2014. Uh, sorry 2014 yes they hit my radar when i was hosting my old podcast when their children of the iron age demo came out and that blew me away and it's been really cool to watch a band go through albums like old souls ward's blood um and then they started to get this kind of identity about them and the character around some lyrical themes with uh, their 2020 release of a romance with violence and now through here in the states at least through profound lore and century media overseas they have released american gothic on the 27th of october and that was our album of the month for october so colin 
bring us uh, up to speed with Wayfarer's latest release here for American Gothic, my my friend. All right. Well, yeah, like you said, this is now their this is their fifth full length, I believe. I've actually never listened to them before anything before World's Blood, but that album when it came out totally, you know, blew me away. I've, I've been hooked on the band ever since, and so yeah, that World's Blood they had you know Western vibes going with that, but. It wasn't until Romance of Violence that they became, you know, inflect a lot more of that into them, into their music. And uh, yeah, now we got American Gothic, which this is like Wayfair totally realized, you know, this really feels like they've reached the point of what they've been slowly building up to compared, uh, starting with World's Blood, at least, you know, World's Blood had a bit more of the like, whatever you want to call it, post black metal thing where you've got the intense heavy sections, you got the quiet sections that build up to a big you know crescendo but as cool as as good as they are with that you know there's a lot of bands doing that now and but american gothic is on like a whole different level it doesn't really have those insane you know crescendo buildups it's all a lot more fluid and just yeah there's just so much going on here they got the western vibes they got a lot more of acoustic tracks instead of just like one or two with clean vocals and stuff like that yeah this is just it's wonderful Colin, I just want to ask you right off the start: Was it who came first in your book, Wayfarer or Storm Stormkeep? It was Wayfarer because it wasn't too much longer, relatively, because mm-hmm. Roll Blood came out in 2018, and Stormkeep, though the first album didn't come out until um, 2019 officially. They had like a demo tape beforehand, yeah. but um, well, technically, yeah, because we would have seen them at Fire in the Mountains at 2019, uh, Stormkeep. So. But they didn't have any music at that point, aside from a demo that was on cassette or on YouTube. That was it. There was no like CD release for that. It was a pretty small release. So yeah, it was Wayfair. And then of course, hearing about, you know, because uh, Isaac is also the drummer in Blood Incantation. So, you know, those came, Wayfair and Blood Incantation were on my radar before Stormkeep was. I mean, Stormkeep is my favorite of all their associated bands. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. So... Uh, um, American Gothic again clocks in at 43 minutes of Western themed blackmail. And I want to start this discussion by maybe it's just me. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but not a lot of metal bands have leaned into this cool subject matter here. Very true. I can think of hardly any. Yeah, there's, it, a band is... called, there's a band called Untamed Land that is like. I believe their music, they're kind of, they're like a spaghetti Western version of Summoning, if I remember correctly. They've only put out a couple albums, but other than that, there's not really much out there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially not one that has like so much overt, like Western music for it, in, like themes and, and motifs in it. Like this uh... album, Wayfarer called themselves like Black Metal of the American West, but like in this album, you have like actual slide guitar. And you have like Hammond organ, yeah, and, like the like the fucking know, the resonator, yeah, like the resonator slide guitar, but like, like the real, yeah. This is not; it's not just like like Western Western black metal. It's like actual countryfied black metal in the music, and not just the way that they present it. Oh, there's a, this um, w- the, a great point, Vince. This music is so well themed and so appropriate. I bet you in the recording space there probably was a spittoon somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could definitely imagine 
<laughs> like the old school like player piano like isaac and shane are sitting at a table playing <laughs> poker with each other and they're both cheating and they draw yep. their guns at each other and there's a um there's a there's band... a jug of whiskey that just has three <laughs> x's on it <laughs> there's a band called vital spirit that i remember oh, yeah, encountering yeah. uh at the beginning of this year they put out an album last year called still as the night cold as the wind there it's a um it's a uh, side project of a couple of the dudes in Wormwitch, so that's how I I initially heard about them because I like I love Wormwitch, um, and they also Western themed black metal that's heavier on the black metal than Wayfair, um, but they also do like the folky like kind of Spanish guitar type stuff. Yeah, Vital Spirit are cool, and that album in particular has that because it's like told from the perspective of like. Um the the mission settlements yes. in like the southwest in California. Yeah. So it's you know, specifically... and the sort of the the sort of ethnic cleansing of those areas that followed the Catholicism taking root. Yeah, it's specifically Spanish Catholicism. Black metal. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Vital spirit so, are cool. So let's go around and get everyone's thoughts. Hera, your thoughts on Wayfair. Did you come here listening to any of their prior albums? Was this like uh, with the immense metal knowledge you have, I can I I will go on a limb here and say this is probably not your first time dabbling with with them. It is not my first time. I think the first time I heard of them was about their last album, A Romans with Violence. And it's technically because I don't really follow along and i wasn't really keen on a romans like if you ask me hey do you remember anything from a romans with violence but i like the theme of it which is the idea of like the romance of the wild west that was a romans with violence it's you have the juxtaposition of the history with what's going on and the romance the i guess the mythical nature of the wild west and so when we get to this record of american gothic i can only think of two things that come to mind which is one is the painting, you know, the American Gothic painting with like the dude holding a pitchfork and the, the, yeah, and the, the woman. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So there's two things that come to mind with that. It's the idea of the pioneer spirit. So like the whole thing of the manifest destiny, like you're here, you're a pioneer, and this is like great music to think to. But then there's also the decay of that dream. Here in the mythical West, you had this dream where anyone could be anything and everyone, but now it's dead. That dream is dead. And so you know, that's kind of what I want to focus on when I think of the music. Like, I think of this and I think, well, here we see the decay of America. And also what I think about whenever I think of the gunslinger from the Dark Tower series. <laughs> like, this is music where you're just watching, like, and you're sitting at your bar, in your store, waiting for something to happen. And then it does. And it's so, the wait, it's not the end that's the good thing. It's the journey and what you get to when you get there. And that's what the music feels. It's waiting for something to happen, but you're watching it and you don't care how it ends. You just care how you got there. Accompanied with like a jug of whiskey and you're hoping that this doesn't end too bloody so you can walk home. You know, Hera, that's a great point you bring up too about this romance with the West. You know, if anyone is a uh, loves movies, uh, of course, Westerns have a huge movie history of some of the greatest movies of all time. You know, Hang 'em High, Fistful of Dollars, all these movies. And the thing about the West, at least I can speak for me, you know, since I was a little boy growing up, and I think a lot of men and women and boys and girls and, you know, kids growing up, I, I think, I don't know how much more now, but a lot of us at some point in life, 
all wish or all played cowboys, maybe cowboys and Indians. We all in maybe in video games, we all had a shootout or we all, you know, were were robbing the stagecoach. We all were, you know, it's it's I guess what I'm trying to say is the West for a lot of of people, you could you could close your eyes and you can still picture what you know, you could picture those scenes from Tombstone and there's just that the romance with the West and the the vast unexplored uh, nature of it and the possibilities. And the cool thing about this is that since this isn't a topic that's tapped into musically, at least for me personally, one of the first things I did was search out the lyrics because I think it ties in with that uh, picture that they're painting here, that untapped resource like the oil that so many people went west for. You know, I think of land. I think of expansion. I think of like the period of time in history because obviously, you know, we think of manifest destiny and what that means, the myth of making it out there. But you also have to realize that this album, even though it ties into the ideas of a romance with violence very well, it ties in the history, the idea of the history of everything, but also the associated violence to get there. You also have to realize that at the end of it all, this is still a black metal record. And so, you know, the dream is dead. Uh, You can no longer look at this and be like, oh, this is actually like a really cool thing. This is actually terrible thematically. Uh, The record is not terrible, just thematically. The ideas that it holds, like everything you're looking at, staring you right in the face and you're thinking, oh shit, this is actually too many people died for it. I think of the climax of There Will Be Blood. Yeah. when When I listen to this album. Ian. Your thoughts, buddy. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I drink it up. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I too have been following Wayfair since Children of the Iron Age, which I thought was really good, if slightly unremarkable, because there at that point there was nothing to differentiate them from every other band that sounded like them, except the fact that I was, I, I was real, I really liked. The music that they made, it just. And you know what? I'm sorry, buddy. You know what was the one difference for me at that point? Mm -hmm. At least for me, there was not a lot of. I remember thinking back to 2014. There was not of a not a lot of American bands doing that. Yes, yes, and that was also when the Denver scene was really starting. Yeah. uh, to grow that was like right around when like Chemist was starting. Yeah, uh, all these bands were starting to gather speed you're right and that's that's why originally they they came out well they came out to my radar because my good friend tim gave me children of the iron age and he said i think you would probably really like this and i did and and you're you're right i remember being struck by the fact that they were an american band that was doing a primarily european thing at that point in time um and i was like oh this is really cool but i didn't think anything of it and then world's blood came out and I was like, the fuck are these guys doing with like Wild Wild West shit? Look at these guys over here. Look at these guys, right? And then uh, A Romance with Violence came out and they actually had the fucking spaghetti Western piano on there. And I was like, oh, so they're like full cowboy about this. And American Gothic, I think, is the culmination of everything that they've been working towards since World's Blood, since they started to break away from the pact uh, and do something that very other bands i know we just named several but very few other bands out there are um and certainly 
very few of those bands are doing it as well as Wayfair. You know, I want to circle back to Hera. Hera, I see your your hand up. Hera, you bring up a good point. You look at like other thematic themed bands like um my god i'm drawing a blank on the pirate guys right now are you talking about ailstorm ailstorm i know like the comic and the joking aspect of it is kind of like part of their bit but they lean like real heavy into the pirate stuff like extremely heavy and i want to give Hera credit here gold star her comment at the end of the day this is not like player piano like bung, 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 ding, ding, ding. you know like what i'm saying it's not like the silly comical side, the comedic side of like yes exactly West. thank you Hera. like it's like when she said it still is black metal like at the end of the day it's just black metal but with this thing and they don't lean as atmospheric into it as like other western bands do like panopticon does with their theming in their I, music i might disagree with that i might take do you issue with that yeah okay slightly. i do think musically they link to it but you're right it, I'm but, not dude, but where them. i was going it's with that goofy. is Ian, like it's the background music that like the the music that's not the band playing it's like the the they don't use a lot of like nature sounds and sure. like that's yeah. like like they don't use a lot of samples like you don't they don't like lean in like you don't hear a lot of like galloping horses you don't hear like okay. you know how where some bands like, would lean in with like I feel sample like we need stuff. To make a distinction between Wayfair and Panopticon thematically, you know, to differentiate. Yes, Wayfair is music that you're seeing something happen. It's you know the mythology is there. Panopticon is the guy sitting at the porch just watching all that happen. You know, Ooh, one is smart, more, Hera. more one is more involved. That's Wayfair. The other is more less more detached, more removed from. The scene of what's occurring he's just waiting for shit to go that's been up and you also have to yep and you also have to remember there's a distinct influence of americana in both of those one is more overt more i feel like panopticon is more overt in that regard as a wayfarer who's still more black metal than actually the americana still i feel i i just feel like if you took the distortion off of those guitars it would be a bluegrass album Mm. I, and and I'm talking about American Gothic when I say that. So I do feel like they are on this album more than ever actually leaning into it. And they're, you know, they are not necessarily overdoing it with instrumentation, but there's a lot more of the Western instruments used on this album than even on A Romance with Violence. And thematically, it's definitely leaning a lot more. Like, they have a song that's called Cattle Fe- and... On the last album, they had a song called The Iron Horse. Like, they're really buying in. They're they're really, like, they're going hog wild on this on this shit. And me, personally, I love it. I, I love... give a shout out to the, the track names, because they all rock. They are extremely good, especially on this one. Reaper on the Oil Fields? God, that sounds like a DD camp. And the shirt <laughs> they put out for that? Oh. It's, it's very cool. All the all the shirts they've got like a, a few out now. They're Their very merch cool. has always been on point. Um, man, it oh. was so good. Well, uh, Ian, I will kick. I will come back to you. We will sure. bring in your brother patiently waiting below you, Vince. I'm your thoughts. Chilling. Yeah, your thoughts on American chilling. Gothic, buddy. Um, I'm yeehaw maxing. I am based in Cattlepilled. I'm moving like Elliot Ness. Um. I, yeah, I too am all in on this uh, chicken fried black metal shit. Uh, this fucking rules. 
This album is insane. Like Ian said, you could literally turn off the distortion on their guitars on this and it would turn it into a country album. Like it's not just in the package that they wrap it in. The Western thing is baked into the DNA of the songs. It's how they play them. In addition to getting like slide guitar over blast beats and the fucking Hammond organ. <laughs> it's I I they're they're on such a huge upward trajectory as far as albums go. Like I will admit, I think the first Wayfarer album I tried listening to was Old Souls, and hmm. I didn't really like it all that much. It just kind of felt uh sort of boring. Um, but World's Blood was like listening to a completely different band. That album had me captivated from like the first second of it. And it has been really, really cool to see that concept sort of develop and change them into the band that's on American Gothic. It's really nuts. Um, this this album is fantastic. It it's unique. It's awesome. I it's great. <laughs> you know, Vince, I was just thinking about you know loving their previous albums. I think for a lot of people, I think because I look back to what seems like yesterday when we did the last nine circles audio thing for the month uh, of October, they must like October because a romance with violence came out October 16th, 2020. Um, that was when the pandemic Wait, was really a romance with violence came out in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. Yes, yeah, it, it seems did. like yesterday we were Why? talking yeah, about I was, that on I the podcast. It came out last year straight up. I, <laughs> no. I know. I know Ian, but the crazy thing is I remember mentioning that and the response here was, yeah, okay, well, I, li I like it. I'll check it out. Cool. But I think overwhelmingly in the metal community, because of what was happening in the world, I think that album to a lot of people was maybe overlooked. I didn't hear it talked about too much. Not saying it was album of the year, but I think it was just a product of timing and what was starting to happen in the world. So, it's really nice to see them take a couple years, let things settle down. And that album that was really, you know, again, they, they did start doing it really on world's blood, but when they really started getting their feet wet, it was nice that now the pandemic behind us, they've now had two albums behind them where they really could thematically uh, get this type of music down. Yeah, this feels yeah. like an album that has a lot of time put into it. It's a lot of thought put into it. You know, it it is a whole package. It's I I really I really enjoy that. It does like almost a better job of making the point of a romance with violence in like the lyrics and stuff than a romance with violence did. It's it's really interesting to see them present something that's basically like yeah, manifest destiny is violence like and things like cowboy movies and you know deadwood and shit True kind grit. of paint this <laughs> paint this picture of an america that never really existed like it was never like that <laughs> yeah yeah are it you, was it are was you bad you're trying was... to tell me that john wayne was not a historically accurate purveyor <laughs> of american tales are we the bad guys <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> literally are we the baddies moment <laughs> But it sucked for everyone, and it's kind of fitting subject matter for black metal in a way. It's fun. Angela, your thoughts? No thoughts had empty. 
I'm muted. That's embarrassing. It's not like I'm on Zoom, ca- Zoom hey, calls it's okay. all day for my we call, we call that pulling a buke around these parts. Go I'm ahead. Muted. I hear that all day, every day. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway, <laughs> I love this album. I would describe it as the quintessential essential Wayfair album. Mm. And I think it's their best to date uh, because it is like kind of a culmination of everything that they've released thus far. And I loved A Romance of Violence and it was high on my 2020 list, but this to me just feels elevated and uh, I just really love it. I also feel like it's 10 past, which Mm. I'm definitely here for. Um, Yeah, that's just my two cents. Um, (laughs) There's so much movement and nothing is stagnant and it's just so well written with so much texture and so many layers. Um, This word feels so corporate to me now, but it's very robust. Um, it's either corporate or it makes me <laughs> corporate or pasta sauce robust, but it, it is. It is um, a very ro- robust album. Yes. Um, yeah. And I just love the sprinkled in Western elements because it doesn't feel like, I know we were just talking about this. It doesn't feel like it's too much. It doesn't feel kitschy. It feels like it's the right amount. Um, the use of piano, especially um, like in, is it false constellation i think the last track it just it has that like saloon feel without feeling like goofy and stupid (laughs) um and i think in other hands it could feel like really goofy you know so they just they just did such a good job with it and just made this awesome album so yeah i'm definitely here for it i love the album cover too it's awesome (laughs) um yeah this aaron horky does good ass work (laughs) yeah i have his uh, I have his Gilead Media logo that he did on so many products in oh, my house. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah! So Hell as yeah. as soon as I, I saw that album that cover, fa- yeah, I knew that, that looked familiar. Sense. As soon as I saw that album cover, I was like, "That's Aaron Horky," and sure enough, it was. That's awesome. You know, yeah. Being the first thing that came to mind to me, it looks like a Chicago, like the first chi- Chicago album when they were oh, Chicago, yeah. when Transit they were called Authority. Chicago Transit Authority. Yes, it does look exactly <laughs> like that. Hell yeah. Um, That's, yeah. you know, Angela, do, do you, do you have any romance with the West yourself? Like, is that, could they, could this have been, you know, first somebody who's not into the western thing this is a pretty cool album wouldn't you agree like you don't have to be into the western oh for vibe to get this album agreed completely i have a relative in arizona so i grew up going to a lot of places over there i've been to tombstone which is really awesome i Mm. love like a haunted ghost towny type of situation i think it's really cool um i know right century yeah. Shocker. Um, but um, so I mean, I'm not like super into it, but I I do think it's it's kind of cool. But yeah, I don't think you have to be you know spaghetti westerns and stuff in yeah. order to enjoy yeah. this album. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, do people know what spaghetti western means? Because I was just listening to a podcast where one of the hosts said it, and the other host was like, "Hold the phone." what the fuck are you talking about? You might as well have just said horror lasagna to me. And that cracked me up. So I just felt I had to add it in there. And then they had a lot of comments saying, yeah, I don't know what that is either. I'm familiar they, with the term. They didn't bother explaining it though. Like nobody, yeah, nobody did. was sitting there. Oh, okay. They <laughs> like, did, but yeah. Nobody was like, like sitting there like, wait, yeah. The, Angela was actually listening to the, uh, hanging by a thread podcast where they just right? give you a, they just leave you hanging. 
they just they they just start to drip information to you and then right before they reveal it they're like oh okay then we're going to break right what is, shout out, what is it the was, etymology of spaghetti western shout out it was and that's why we drink which is one of my favorite podcasts so to i know the couple of you that listened to it it was um that had no idea what a spaghetti I, western you was. didn't you didn't have to say that i knew what podcast it was and i knew exactly how it played out you oh my gosh i mean it's it's a broad sub genre of film and i think it originated in like italy, italy. In, in, it yeah. was Yep. It was Western movies that had uh, been soundtracked by an Italian composer named Ennio Morricone, who is famous for the soundtracks that he did for Western movies. But because it was, you know, Western movies made in Italy and stuff, it was spaghetti Western. Yeah, by it's Italian the... directors. And that's why when you watch, you know, Good, the Bad and the Ugly, you know, yep. basically everybody but the three you know, titular characters, the, the mouth movement looks weird because it was all Italians, you know, just dubbed yeah. over ADR. So Does that mean spaghetti western, a racist term? Yes. Oh shit, are we the baddies? <laughs> oh shit, again, yet again. Fuck. Also, for those of us who don't know who Enrico Morione is, have you ever heard the da-da? Hold on, that was a motorcycle. Have you ever heard the da-da, da-da, da-da? I'm sure you heard that. That's him, by the way. All I'm hearing in my head is the Pink Panther theme. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I thought um, that's what you were doing. It's not the Pink Panther. <laughs> oh. It's that one movie with, about Elliot Ness. With... Oh, the uh, the Untouchable. Correct. Yeah, he made I know what you're talking about now. Okay. But also, Sergio Leone. Hello. That's the guy who started making, who made a fistful of dollars. He originated. Yep. So just in case anybody was not not familiar, uh, like um, where that blew their mind, so... Uh, I was thinking on my walk today for all of you who say we need to get Buke into black metal. This right here, this is a style that I like. I was going to say we got him, didn't we? We, ha- we succeeded, <laughs> we boys. Him. We did it. This, this is it. This style, this style, because it's not just blast beats. It's not about some guy who sounds like he's trying a little too hard to be tough, um, <laughs> with his evil voice. Um, Okay, I've been dying to get his his take on this. He's uh he's dressed apart tonight. Colin, your your uh your thoughts on American Gothic, buddy? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, this is basically just like what it feels like. This is what Wayfair has been building up to, you know, the whole time yep. since World Blood. And I was looking at um because I was wondering if it's all if it's been the same guys the whole time. And World's Blood was the first album that they had. Uh, I think his name's Joe Strong Tuscelli Tuscelli on guitars so maybe him joining the band was like maybe that was like the you know impetus for getting them on the trajectory they're on because he seems to be into that you know western stuff because he's the one who's always wearing the like cowboy hat whenever they well now now isaac and shane are also wearing cowboy hats in their promo pictures so i i was like i can feel his influence spreading yeah definitely. do you think they were all sitting around having hobbies and somebody's like guys we should go western and somebody's uh, like live somebody's Colorado, about to so absolutely i think that's how that works somebody's <laughs> oh, yeah. like taking a drink or something like as like the bottle's about to hit their lips they're like wait it's a good idea what if we were in a saloon <laughs> right now <laughs> what if we watch the guns things kill randall flag like <laughs> two meters that way yeah. <laughs> they were all sitting around at true brewing shane was bartending for the rest of the guys and then which I can probably say now. No, that that's I've, that's I've actually probably him. that's actually probably how it happened though. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So American Gothic, it's just 
you know, it's, and I think even one of the, one or more of the band members like posted on Instagram or, you know, some social media saying that, you know, they felt the same way that this is like what we've been building up to this whole time. I think it was Isaac. He's like, you know, I love the albums we put out beforehand, but like, this feels like what we're, what we've really been getting to this whole time. And I don't know if anyone has uh, the vinyl version. I have it on CD, but the, the liner notes come in this like old, uh, like nice. old timey, get out. Know, yeah, like that is uh, so newspaper. fucking cool. That's yeah, cool. I, yeah, and it's so it says you know American Gothic Final Edition Volume Five Number Thirty Two, Denver City, Colorado, Saturday, October twenty seventh, nineteen thirty four. That's cool. Dope as hell. Yeah, that's and I believe, cool. and so all the band members, uh, their promo pics for this album were done on actual like whatever they call that tin photography. Those. Oh my god. Oh, that yeah, cool. okay. Yeah, this is a level done. of this is a level that of commitment. Is cool. This is a level of commitment to the bit that I want every other band to stand up and take notice. Like exactly. if you are gonna commit, I want you to commit this hard. Tin photography, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's it's... incredible. It, who even knows how to do that anymore? Yeah, right? They they easily, you somebody. got a tin photography yeah. guy? They easily could have gone to the boardwalk to one of those cheap, crappy places I see down at Rehoboth Beach that takes right. the old timey photographs you can dress up with your family yeah. and yeah, take. They could have done that. Tone filter. You can do that on your phone with Instagram. <laughs> yeah, they're like, hell no, we're doing the actual thing. Guys, and... remember when we went to Pioneer Town and it was actually kind of awesome? It was yeah. actually kind of awesome. That was Happy that and was... Harriet's rules. Shout out, Hell Happy yeah. and Harriet's. Yeah, Wayfair absolutely needs to play. So if if God, yeah, goes no, on tour next year, Isaac Shane, if you're listening to this, Happy saying. and Harriet's in Pioneer Town, California needs you. Yes, but what it needs to be is a show where uh, it's Wayfair opening for Panopticon, and then my life will be made. So oh, I'm never gonna <laughs> give up this dream, Austin. Nope. Austin, please. Yeah. Colin will die if you don't do this for him. Hey, Please. hey, we'll slip you some money for us. Yeah, right. I will. <laughs> That's Colin. He's like, I I'm going to save up so much money. I won't be money. doing that. I'm sorry. I need my money right now. <laughs> but uh, going back to just, and then like the musical aspects of American Gothic, just on like, you know, on a musical level, they've really upped the game where, you know, like I said before, they don't, they're not doing as much of the like, whatever you want to call it, post-black metal, like build up crescendo stuff. It's just, it flows. It all flows very well. It's not just like, um, you're not having necessarily whatever you want to call it, the black gaze ish stuff that they were doing before in at times. And um, yeah, it's just and I and like just the melodies within the songs too, the way that they will kind of like sh- they'll pop up at first and then they'll just develop them in different ways, like some of the melodies on like the cattle thief and um to enter my house justified and just that song in particular i might need, i mean the cattle thief is awesome but it's also like longer and stuff but in terms of like short and tight and just so well done to enter my house justified is so fucking good that it's just song whips ass yeah i just, think to your point um a lot of the melodies and musical themes that they develop on one song end up being through lines that connect different tracks to like there's a couple there's a couple melodies and and musical motifs that are repeated in different songs throughout the album so it feels very purposeful and interconnected yeah definitely and then so i think false constellation that was like the first single for this which i'm i'm not necessarily a fan of like doing the final track as like is releasing that at all beforehand but i think it worked well for this it was just you know giving you the destination 
before showing you the whole journey, but then it like kind of brings things full circle because they did the same thing for Romance of Violence, I believe. I think Vaudeville was the first song that they put out, but I'd say ended up working in both of these cases. I disagree actually with that. I almost thought I wasn't going to like this album because I think that releasing False Constellation as the first single was a bad idea. That song works a lot better in the context of the album as a whole. It was a weird energy to bring as like the first single. Yeah. And like I would I'm surprised that they didn't do like Thousand Tombs of Western Promise or like Dead Rise Justified as the first one. Really but, insane. But I think to enter my house justified would I think Constell or False Constellation is definitely the weakest track on the album. And I would also go as far as to say, I don't know that I like it as a closer. I think I would rather see it switch to the middle of the album and something else from the middle. Like, um, oh God, oh God. Uh, like, like, um, I don't know. There's switch Black Plumes over God's Country and False Constable. Switch those yeah, two. I mean, having that, it would be kind of cool just to end that album with the with the Jay Mundley voiceover. Yeah, right? I Or, or yeah. even put a High Plains eulogy at the end. Yeah. I don't know. False Constellation doesn't seem to work as well where it is. Um, I think it would make more sense if it was... Yeah. I don't I mean, mind it as an album closer, but I think that it's a weird choice for a single, because yeah. I don't think it really represents the feel of the album as a whole. But I'd say lyrically, it was probably that was probably their focus, I get, or their goal with putting that last, because you've got, you know, False Constellation referring to the flag, the American flag, presumably, and all that. But... Uh, you know, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I literally didn't even think about that at all. That makes so much sense. It, it, it does tie in very well with the with that voiceover at the end. You know, the 50 stars on a tattered flag. This is a new American Gothic. And then just immediately hits right into Fossil Constellation. That works, but I do agree it's not necessarily the best closer. I feel like it, this would have ended very well. It ended on, but one, because it's short. But two, it would, like, reinforce the thematic of the death of the dream of the, of the the death of the american dream quote-unquote where 1934 it's the depression yeah and like all the dreams of like the 1800s american west and all that that people had like all that's long gone by yeah. that point well like i could talk about this later but i saw killers of the flower moon recently and that takes place you know roughly 18 1918 to 1931 so kind of get the same you know, vibes just in a different context. Yeah. So yeah, good album. Uh, good album, good band. Can't wait. I wonder how they're going to, like, they can take as long as they need, yep. but I'm wondering how they're going to like yep. proceed further. Because obviously I... they, like if, if they just continue in this style, but I'm sure they wouldn't be satisfied with just doing American Gothic part two or whatever, knowing these guys. So I very, want very them excited. to go full scars and make a bluegrass album, just a bluegrass album. Just do it. Just fucking, just fucking do it. We'll Blue have a repeat. Is, is, we'll have a repeat of what happened to Vince like a couple them, years ago. Yeah, Bluegrass is well, too Appalachia well, for them, yeah, I think. Yeah, make, make a fucking all-acoustic country-western album. It's not Absolutely. even really going to end up being that different. It just sounds like Wayfair without distortion. No, I think it would be hilarious. They can do a collab with Vince's favorite, uh, another collab with Vince's favorite Fire in the Mountains performer, George Cessna, who... He's the one it, does just, the... it wasn't my thing. It was one of the ones that I just kind of like skipped. Yeah, in Corey, favor of Corey, getting food and, and getting trashed. Uh, what is it called? Slim Cessna's Auto Club, I believe. Yeah, that was another one where I I skipped it in favor of getting trashed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh boy, man, that was um, a good weekend. <laughs> I made a lot of great choices. Before we move on to what else we have listened to, is anything that anybody, anything else they want to say? Anything maybe uh, they wish was different? I yeah, I would just like to say before we move on um, that he Smith on my Wesson until my chamber is empty. God, the one thing I would. <laughs> Why can't? Why does it have to be like this all the time? Why can't things just be different? Colin's little Gotham just made it. I love it. <laughs> one, I'll say the one slightly negative thing about this album is just that obviously they're going for a vibe, but I would have preferred to hear like the, the clean vocals to be like a little more enunciated because they're kind of drenched in reverb and effects and stuff, which it's obviously going for a theme, but I would have liked for them to be a little clearer. Other than that, I think... Not, not much else for me. You know, I it's it's a it's a small one, and it's just how I like my black matter with like the Winterfelliths and the Panopticons. It, but but Wayfair has never done this. So, but if they were to maybe if they continue to go down this path with the Western, maybe just bring in like some like if this would have been based here in the East, uh, like around like the Civil War time. Like if they, I guess if they were just worked in more authentic instruments more period instrument stuff i think that would be a cool because this is just such a vast untapped resource but you know Hera, i went that was leading me into my next question this was a a, a two-part here um you uh you know a um not being born stateside here do Correct. you guys have any not you guys i'm sorry do you or your family have you grown up with and is the west is there any romance around that to you at all? Or be, maybe if it's not, does that kind of add a cool level of excitement maybe around this album for you that, you know, it's not maybe something because like, for example, if when I listen to like, I'm not a big pirate guy, but when I throw on, you know, uh, pirate music, I'm like, yeah, this is a cool topic to explore. So, Cause I don't read and watch about pirates. So Chileans do have like their own, I guess, uh, cowboy thing. Okay. Um, it's more folkloric. So like we have Cueca and we do have there we have our own culture of like the farm and the countryside and all that. That's more in the north of Chile as opposed mm-hmm. to like middle to the south where the south well south where it's more colder in the Patagonia, but in the middle in Metropolitan Santiago it's more like city, more urban, less rural. Up north is more rural, and so there's a they have their own little um culture surrounding farmland and, and of course i grew up dancing cueca which is kind of like the folkloric version of like the west i guess cool but uh you know we have yeah. it we just i obviously don't have the ties because again not from the states so i only seen it in movies yeah and of course history you read a lot of yep. it you know what happens I, but that's but i have like no emotional connection just like more I, of an you know i just you know, that's why i wanted to ask because i was thinking about my intro and you know, i mentioned like me growing up playing cowboys and indians and i i really wonder how many kids are really playing cowboys because you see westerns they're still popular like you know on tv one of the most popular shows is that yellowstone show that's a huge popular show right now and it's cool that in the metal world we get a band doing this american western theme like that to kind of get some eyes on it because you don't really see a lot of it. it's just really to, really cool 
you have to think about it like in the context of i guess america versus everywhere else this is very much an ingrown american you hear this anywhere else people will go what the you know (laughs) yep they 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 lack the um the connection with whatever because we recognize obviously me as someone who's assimilated i can recognize this and say oh yeah this is something like a very american way very manifest destiny very like cowboys in a time where you know we were building things and it wasn't so modern so urbanized more mm-hmm. rural mm-hmm. now of course like, i can look now other people would be like actually i don't really understand it but good for them i guess you know yeah, they, I got like, you. they like that that connection i got you yeah that's that's why i wanted to ask because i always wonder how many people outside of the states here grow up with that romance of the west oh Romance in anywhere where you try to mythalize like anything that is very much a country's own mythology, it's everywhere. The problem is what you're trying to mythologize is usually where things. So here we have a big mythology surrounding American West. In Chile, we have a big mythology surrounding the countryside and maybe mm. some of the more lesser political things that have been going on lately. Everyone's got their own little thing that we kind of look back to and say, you know, this is for like the good old days, the good old times before I modernity got what you said. Yeah. yeah, before the modernity and everything else occurred. So it's like, you know, for everyone else who's not American, listening to this will probably elicit a sense of maybe like I need to do more research or maybe more things to understand. Maybe I'll appreciate it more, listen to it. For someone who is from America themselves and understand maybe the history, the themes surrounding the music, I think they will yep. have more of a general appreciation. Well, Hera, I'll be your huck- your Huckleberry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Please do not send me down the river. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. We That was American Gothic by Wayfair. If nobody else has any more comments about this wonderful album, excellent pick for the month. Uh, that was a great pick with that said we are getting to the end of 2023 i don't know if we will have a november album of the month hopefully we will because i think we will no spoilers but i think we will okay stay tuned november 29th if ian's on the same (laughs) same wavelength Uh, yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down there bud (laughs) wait i'm not Uh, it the band starts with a P and rhymes with Schmanopticon. <laughs> now I got you. Well, if Schmash if Schmashnopticon uh, releases something new, maybe we'll we'll cover that. Maybe if Austin, <laughs> if you're listening, you you already know that we love you. So go so, ahead and release it. Give this man a drink. Saddle up to the saloon, and we'd love to hear it. Okay, Please, so just we let will me nurse my whiskey in peace. <laughs> okay well now we will get into our other recommendations for the month of october um we will start with Hera, so she can get on out of here a little early she has to go so let me start with one of the reviews i wrote from the only review i wrote for this month for october that is herator's night sphere i had written about their ep maybe a few months ago they finally came out with their third full-length album Uh, It's very compelling. It discusses the dichotomy between nature and uh, machines, where you have one guy who kind of wants to support nature by giving himself over to the machines, and it's badly, as we all know what happens when uh, they take over the world, and that's hopefully not going to be us maybe in like 50 years. But probably. Um, Well, probably. I like to think (laughs) of this album, I like to think of this album besides its blend of post-metal and black metal. As a cross between a funerary dirge and the ambient music from Nine Inch Nails, 
ghosts one through four. Yes, I am wearing a shirt now. I gotta represent. Um, but hey, come for the music. Uh, stay for the story because it will it will crush you to death. Uh, the second album I want to mention is the new Tesseract album, War of Being. This album was recommended to me by my compadre, who is very much a Tesseract guy. He basically wanted to hear my opinion on it, so I did. I gave it to him. I think this album is finally the album where I sort of understand what Tesseract is doing, metal, Diant-wise, because obviously Diant is not my genre, never has been, never will. But I like to think that on this album, they finally caught up to the progressive side of things. Progressive, not where they've added more color, more things to this album. And it has shades of like Deconstruction era Devin Townsend and maybe the most recent Coheed and Carrier. So it's a really cool like things to pick up on. Also, the vocals on this is great. I really like the vocal range the guys got. So like, hey, I'm all here for it. Maybe it will finally click. Maybe I will become a t- But only for this album because everything else is, is a no-go. Um... Another album I wanted to mention is the New October Tide, the Cancer Pledge. Uh, it's clear that this band has shifted from like a death doom to more of a lot mellow death. And I say it in quotes because they're both focused on the death metal aspect of their doom death as opposed to their doom. Uh, the album is definitely more of a grower. It takes a while for the music to like really sink in. And then when it does, it clicks. Although there's a very fun, hilarious part in the middle of it that every time I, um, you know, it's a fun lesson. It might not rank for album of the year, but I just think it's just a fun. It's like bloodbath, B horror movie soundtrack. And this one's for Buke because he told me about it. This is a new uh, Stortigan finitude. Uh, you gotta give it for Tech Death because we've been eating good this year. Um, yes, great. This I, great. Yeah, as I told Buke, uh, the first two tracks blew me away. This album is definitely a contender. It's good. It kind of does wear out its welcome towards the end of it over repeated um listens but it's good it's solid so if you really liked what they were doing in the previous album thank you for checking out you like you and your fretless how did i even how did i not know that that had happened i, I don't remember know, the album that came out was it like from i want to say like th- yeah it was it was god everyone was talking about that album and then yeah. i don't even know what happened after like the oh okay i see it. yeah impermanence impermanence. impermanence came out that was like that was it. Chris was all over that one, and it was Josh and I remember really liking it, mm-hmm. but then I kind of forgot that they existed, and then yeah. nobody mentioned that there was a new Stort Stortregan album. I got it from Buke. Buke was like, "Hey, this is Tech Death. I oh, think you would like oh, it." Oh, Buke sent it to you, huh? Yeah, I forgot. The only I forgot on this podcast who likes Tech Death. <laughs> interesting, interesting. How does it feel? Oh, yeah, how does it feel? I tell you stuff all the time. Just as you don't listen doesn't mean I didn't tell you. Okay. At sure. least okay. I didn't write a review for it, so I could tell Ian I have a review on the site for it that you didn't read. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I read the cut. I texted and you with like, "Hey, we need to bring back now. the podcast. <laughs> we need to bring back technically inclined. Yes. We need to talk about more." This podcast is going to need a divorce lawyer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh I have three more. Just bear with me. The next one that I want to talk about is something that I Vince and I have a united front on, and that is a new Laster. Let's fucking go. Under management. This album screams death to black metal or traditional black metal in 36 font. This is, as Vince would say, an album to shake your ass to. Yes, I did read for context. I find this album to be the thing that I like about the weirdness of black metal. This is what avant-garde should be. It should be accessible, but weird and innovative. 
And this album just like checks off all the lists for the weird for me. And I I love it. I love it so much. It is go so Go white fun. boys go. Yeah. It's so fun. Dutch boys go. It, guys- it is. And that's honest to God. What I, That is honest to God. My favorite part of this album. It is so much fun. Yeah. It is a, it is a hoot to listen to. This is the album you put at the club so you know the weird kids are against. You know this. T- this, it is like, it's legit like. It is legit pop music. Yeah, it is you pop know? music for the intimate and the detached. It's it's jazzy pop music with blast beats. It's fucking awesome. This band is incredible. Nobody is doing it like them. No, not it's, at all. It's crazy. This is going to be in my year-end list, like, for sure. Like everything that they put out ends up in my year-end list. They're so crazy good. Why this are people end- not constantly talking about this band? This might end up on my list as well. Like, that's how, like, it immediately clicked my brain. It was like, in. <laughs> Checked off a big one on that list. Thank you. <laughs> right. I could screech about this album like an owl. Hell yeah. Endlessly. It's, it's so I good. wrote the review for this on the website. God, it's good. Yeah. God damn, it's good. Okay. Uh, the penultimate album on this list is a band called Cynosis with their album Mercury. Uh, Apocalyptic ran, so this band, well, this band could run uh, because this album is Proc Death with a cello lead. There's no vocals. The vocals are the cello themselves. You like your Proc Death with a little bit more of an innovation for your orchestral instrument. This album is for you. I cannot stop shutting up about it. It is so good. I, as you know me, I am the, a former cellist, still could play if I wanted, but I don't. But the music is really emo- emotive. It's really dense, rich, so nice. I love it. This is like what I want. Like people who are like, hey, I want to see what orchestras are doing. This is music that could be taken out of the orchestra and into the, give it to me, give it to me, inject it in my vein. Um, the last album I want to mention was an album that I made too. And that is, I'm going to most likely pronounce the name of this band badly it is wage dude there's always blood at the end of the room um this was an album i didn't originally have on my 22 2022 catch-up list i had to swap it out for another one this is just ferocious black metal that just evokes a feeling of dread where um you're just waiting for things to reach the inevitable conclusion the rhythm is constant it's like highly industrial heavy repetitive of course the problem with it is that because it is repetitive it's only up until maybe like half of the album where things begin to change. But I really enjoyed it. It's really dense, really like it just it's just very like if you like your Celeste, you're going to like. Wait, I don't think if I'm saying that right, but I'm so sorry. I'm um, also they're part of the Church of Ra. So if you like your Amendras of the world, uh, they're they're part of that collective. And that's all I've got for October. Well, as you ride off into the sunset, have yourself yep. a great night. Bye, guys. Okay, Ian. Holy shit, October was a wealth of riches. And I feel like for all the albums that I loved that came out in October, there are so many more that I just didn't, I haven't gotten around to listening to yet. So for everybody else's, what else have we been listening to segment? There's probably going to be a lot of me going, oh, fuck, I forgot about that in the background. Um, And here's the thing. Most of the albums that I loved from October were not metal albums. So there's a lot of not metal stuff that I'm going to talk about. Um, Metal stuff first. There's a new Krieg album. If you like Krieg, you know what you're getting. 
Uh, it came out on Friday, October 13th, which is, you know, the spookiest day to release spookiest black metal. Uh, Ruiner is good. It's probably not Buke's cup of tea because it's black metal the way black metal was supposed to, quote unquote, be done. But it is quite good. I wrote a review for it on the site. Um, the other... At first, I thought you said Creed, and I was like, I definitely, oh, okay. definitely thought you said Creed. Yep. It took me a lo- longer than I care to admit to to realize you were not, in fact, talking about the Scott Stapp-led Christian rock band Creed. That's Krieg with a G, K-R-I-E-G, well, not, uh, they can, however, take you lower. <laughs> All right. Um, Something about games, I don't know. <laughs> the another release, another metal release that came out in October was a split album between Dream Unending and Worm, which I really liked. I thought it's a uh, Starbridge, I think is what it's called. Starpath. 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 Yeah. Starpath. I some, yeah. I got some thoughts on that when you're. Oh yeah. Don't know, this one. I know not everyone was wild about it, and I I understand why. I like Dream Unending. The Dream Unending stuff was good. I like Worm. The Worm stuff was good. I didn't have any major issues with it. I only listened to it a couple of times. It's it's maybe not something that I'm going to come back to all that much, but I did like it, and it did come out, and it's a really cool thing that happened. Um, Colin, do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, so, I mean, when... Because that was a, a semi-surprise announcement, kind of like the two-mold yeah, uh, yeah. release. So, I mean, I think when we first heard it, you know, Buke mentioned it in our in our site group chat and i was like holy shit that's awesome i'm so excited for this and then it came out i like you know the dream on ending songs were fine i really like the second one i like the second one more than the first Uh but the the worm songs are what i was really excited for and i'm gonna say like my thoughts on it are like sonically like the sound that he's going for fucking rocks you know phil tugas like yeah ass still but the songwriting, though, at least, okay, the first two Worm songs, they're so, they're just kind of all over the place. Like, moment to moment, it's very, very cool. Like, I really like what's going on moment to moment, but it doesn't flow very well for me, except for the third Worm song, Sea of Sorrow. That one I really liked. Like, it actually feels like it's building up to something. But the first two songs, and it's the thing that's interesting is, like, you know, obviously he's trying to do, like, you know, got more of a black metal thing, like 90s black metal going on. But the doomier parts of those songs are what work better. It's like he's not totally yeah. comfortable yet with the black metal stuff. And he feels like he's having to, like, transition every, like, you know, like, literally, it's just you have these sections going to be like 30 seconds of one thing. And then there's abrupt change of something else. It's like, no, you got to let it, like, stew and develop a little bit. Blue Nothing was supposed to be the new era of of worm yeah, and i the think transition. this is we're, we're still trying to find our our footing a little bit i i i don't know i thought it, i still thought it was i don't mind songs that bounce around uh so i guess i wasn't perturbed by that but i can definitely understand why people are perturbed by that me i thought it was fine um it's a good way to tide us over between worm and dream on and people yeah, okay. like this I'm sorry. I saw I saw some stuff. I I, I mean, I, I don't want to the comments section out loud on a podcast, but I did see some stuff about this that wasn't overwhelmingly positive. The comment section where? Like over on Blabbermouth. Yeah, I'm just... on the YouTube oh, I, videos. I the shit. less social media I have, the more like yeah. the less I find out other people's opinions about this yep. stuff. Like I don't more I don't feel read like... those websites religiously. 
I don't really yeah. go out of my way to look at other people's reviews of albums that I'm interested in unless it's like, you know, a friend of mine or something or it's one of you guys. But like right. I had no idea in my mind that this is an album that would have even been contentious because I really like it. Yeah. And I really like the worm songs a lot on here. I don't even know what that I, word I, means, but stop being contentious, Vince. I'm not. I, he's, he's being contentious by not being contentious. Yeah, I re, I, I don't really even know what that like word means. I was just lot. trying to throw that word out. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I'm someone who is primarily there for Dream Unending, yeah. and I really like the two okay. songs that they have on there, but I really liked the Worm songs, too. I kind of think they might be my favorite ones of his that he's written thus far. Can, can like, you guys I really help, enjoy the fact that, like, I would not have seen these two bands paired together for a split. Like they are not ones that I would have thought about that worked well together, but like they kind of do work well together. Vince, and I'm glad really you, sorry. Cause like, it's fun to see what sort of unites them. And it turns out that the thing that unites, you know, Pink Floyd, if they signed to Peaceville records and in early nineties, Italian, uh, cold, synth infused black metal band given legs would sound like together that is ripping ass guitar solos <laughs> well that that's that's all <laughs> thanks to our good friend to gas yes who's in every band under the sun now it's but they just Roth can't get Seb, enough of septentrion excuse oh, you yeah. <laughs> sorry not phil to gas guys split, man. splits for me have always been that thing that i can't ever really remember a split that I've ever gone out of my way to track down or listen to. I can't really think of one of my favorite bands doing a split. Is a split supposed to be some similarity between bands, or is I it mean, just supposed to be I, like two different that, EPs? The ones that I like are the ones where you get some synergy between the bands. You know, I I love like i'm the opposite of you where like i love split albums i love the concept of split albums i really enjoy like bands that have like a thought process on who they want to do a split with because they complement each other and like on in like on paper these are not two bands that i think would work well together for a split but in practice they actually do yeah these are it's fun when this came across these uh this is definitely not what they, uh, not the two bands that I thought would be doing a split. I yeah. wouldn't think Worm would be with Dream Unending. It's, yeah. Because all it really time, I mean, it's like, yeah, they both have some Doom elements, but it's like, well, I guess they're both on 20 bucks band. That's the only other, like, yeah. Well, it's know, the, it's also the ripping ass guitar solos. Yeah. And I keep harping on that because it's my favorite part of both bands' music. <laughs> like, the the they shred they legit shred on each other it's fucking awesome anyway <laughs> um now we're gonna start to transition to stuff that is not so metal uh the new capper album that came out at the top of october errors is awesome i love capra i've loved capra um since they started and i think that errors great sophomore release for them I think Crow's a wonderful person. She is a friend of the podcast. There is a non-zero chance that she could be listening right now. 
So, hey, Crow, if you're listening, I think Airs fucking rules. And I think a large part of why Airs fucking rules is because of her, because she's so fucking cool. And she's a great front person. And she's got a she lot is. of energy and attitude. And and it's a voice in hardcore that you don't hear enough of. Um, And I think that everything that they did right on their their debut uh in in transmit was is is doubled down on and improved on errors everything that they've been doing right so far they are just they're they're doing it even better the more experience they get under their belts how are the song titles on this one uh not not samurai carry level of good but i like... was gonna say you you have you you made the Mount Everest of song titles for me. So like I kind of want to see if you ever top that. But like yeah. Samurai Carey is so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. They 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 shot their wad too soon on the on the song titles, but the the music on air is really something special. And if you're not on the Capra train yet, you motherfuckers get on it. It they're they're going places. They really are going places. Um but that's the last I, I guess there's one more like there's an ep that came out in october by the callous Dowboys called god smiles upon the callous Dowboys," um and it's maybe one of my favorite eps that came out there's three tracks but if you know the callous Dowboys, they are batshit fucking weird and yes. the the ethos of this ep is let's just get fucking weird with um, and they really do they really get fucking weird with it and it is awesome there are moments on here that are insanely heavy and there are moments on here that are straight up unabashed pop song and there's math and there's also weird fucking polka inner shit like it is it's wild in the sense that like a between the buried and me song goes a lot of places in about 12 to 15 minutes but this goes as many places in like three minutes 13 minutes and 19 seconds total runtime. <laughs> yeah, immaculate. So good. Um, but I've I've been a huge fan of the Calistow Boys since Die on Mars, which the last time I talked about them, I kept referring to that album as Life on Mars. It is not called Life on Mars. It is called Die on Mars. No one called me out on it, but I literally woke up in a cold sweat every night for like a week after that podcast episode. Like, shit, I, I fucked that one up so bad. Uh, but this is them saying fuck the haters and again, doubling down on everything that makes them. However, there was one other EP that came out in October that, uh, God, how do they keep here? We it? go again. How do how do they how do they keep doing it? Boy Genius released an EP called The Rest. It's what four songs that four were songs. left off of the record. Mm-hmm. Um, how how is it so fucking good? They may have released a second best song of the year. Yeah, because um, when it comes time for us to give our our little year end wrap up party, and we all get to go around and say what our favorite song of the year was, yeah, it is going to be really be hard Cohen. to pick between Leonard Cohen and Afraid of Heights. Yeah. Um. God and those God are the damn. Songs. Okay, if you need another another opportunity for me to try to sell you on the record by Boy G, listen to the rest and then say to yourself, those are the songs that they cut from the album. Those are the rejects, and the rejects are that fucking good. So how good are the ones that actually made the cut? My God, it is it's a Jillian the, Baker sweep. The three of them together is like it's truly unbelievable. 
It's truly unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's three people who were born to make music together, coming together and making music together. They are three perfect human beings coming together to create perfect music. Yes. And I love them all dearly. Yes, yeah. I agree. Very cool and wonderful. Oh, yeah. The rest is so good. It's just they're, they're it just knocked stacking the fu- dubs. It stacking knocked dubs. the fucking wind out of me. Yeah. I, I had no idea that it had come out. I was baked out of my skull, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, a new Boy Genius EP, and I sat in my bed high as fuck, and I felt every single emotion tracing back to the dawn of human consciousness. I felt it in four songs, and I was yep. like, I'm dead now. <laughs> I'm yep. actually dead now. <laughs> like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, it's stacking as far as the eye can see. Um, speaking of stacking dubs, another band that literally never misses is the Mountain Goats. The Mountain Goats also put out an album in October called Jenny from Thebes. It is fucking wild that the past four years they've what released five albums, five albums, and in all of four them years. have been immaculate. Jenny from Thebes is also immaculate, untouchable. It how how does this keep doing it? How does he doing it? Um, this Jenny from Thebes is a straight up rock opera, like unabashed. It is a rock opera. It tells the story of the character Jenny, who has popped up in three or four other Mountain Goat songs, and now yeah, has an including album the Mountain Goat song her. called Jenny, which is about Jenny, <laughs> right? But also it. Now we know that Color in Yurts is also about Jenny. Now we know Source Decay is also about Jenny, and Distant Stations is also about Jenny. In relation and- to Forrest Gump, Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny does not die of presumably AIDS on Jenny from Thebes, but if I am listening to the lyrics correctly, I believe Jenny does die at the end of the album. Spoiler oh. Um, but anyway, Jenny from Thebes, it's just unreal how how they can keep doing it, how they can keep winning over and over and over again. I haven't listened to this album yet. What? It's been bad, dude. It's been bad. I yeah. haven't. There's 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 this and at least one other album that I know you're going to talk about that I have not listened to yet. Yeah. One, Jenny from Thebes, because I haven't had time, and the other one, because I am legitimately scared. Okay. Yeah. If you're a Mountain Goats and a King Gizzard fan, you're nope, set. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's no, not I was just going to say, you're set on albums coming yeah. out. You the, just yeah, used the, the act- release, Ian's activation word. Yeah. The Mountain Goats release one album a year, sometimes for lucky. King Gizzard release one album a month, sometimes two if we are very cursed. Oh, okay. Um, well, who's that band that Vince mentioned last week who's been dropped? Well, last Was that, what, A Poignant Light? Oh, Don't, a pregnant, a light. pregnant light. Yeah, pregnant Damian light. Master does also uh-huh. do that. Yeah, the <laughs> thing that I the thing that I like about Damian Master is that usually when he drops something, it's an EP. So he'll just release like four songs at a time and yeah. then compile them all into an LP. King Gizzard is a double album, and then two later it's a triple album. <laughs> Ian, Ian talking shit about King Gizzard as if Hoplites hasn't released three albums this year. Oh, one God. of which on October first. When, when the end of 2023 wrap up comes, I will have words about that beautiful Chinese son of a bitch. I love that man. But yeah, he's also releasing that beautiful albums Chinese son of a bitch. <laughs> I, Am I hearing you correctly? <laughs> yeah. Is anything that I'm saying factually incorrect? 
I have no clue. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like, but he's beautiful. I love his. He is releasing albums at a king pace. I just hope he doesn't burn himself out because my God, like the stuff that he's putting out has been fire. But every couple of months, Dan pops into our our staff chat and goes, "Holy shit, he did it again!" He's, he's, got, he's got Chongqing hot pot to keep him fueled. Oh, the man <laughs> just loves ancient mythology, and so does John Dernal. It pops up all over the place in Jenny. From if you, I'm sure you're not worried about it. When you eventually get around to do it, you're gonna love it. I, I legitimately it. just have not had time. Yeah, it's you don't. There's a, there's a few that I have that I know that came out from October that I'm really excited to get into that I just have not yet. The the good news about Jenny from the, there's no sense of you know what you're gonna get. Yeah. Oh, you know you're going to get a good one. Absolutely. And I guess that kind of do the last album that I, I want to talk about from October. Um, One of my favorite albums has come out. This An, an album that I put down that I, I didn't know how badly I needed in my life that I had high hope for, but somehow those high hopes got blown up by how good it is. And that album is One More Time by Blink-182. Um, Hell yes. How the fuck is this album so fucking good? I... I'm I ha- I'm lost in trying to describe how much I like needed this album. I and- <laughs> am I am surprised and I am thrilled to announce that we are so fucking back. We are so fucking back. It's not even funny. We're so um, back. My f- experience with 180. I was nine years old. I was in third grade, and my parents both. So I was in our school's like after school program for like. Hang out till your parents come pick you up. Older kid named Ruben was into skateboarding and punk rock, and he let me borrow his copy of Enema of the State, and it had a parental advisory on it, so I couldn't let my parents see that I had brought it home. I had to hide it in my backpack, smuggle it into my house, listen to it on my shitty player in my room, like at low volume, so nobody would get any idea. And I that I think that was the first time I ever fell in love with an album start to um and listening to one more time gives me the same feelings of listening to enema of the state first time listening to take off your pants and jacket first time like life change albums and yes maybe it is an exercise in nostalgia because it is the second return of tom DeLong. like they're capitalizing on the idea that like yeah, Tom's back in the band, but who cares? It's so good. <laughs> it's the, the some something intangible about these songs that make them. And I listen. If I could have picked anyone in the world to replace Tom DeLonge in Blink One, I would have picked Matt Skeeper. I would have picked him. I think California. Uh, uh, California was an album for me that was hit or miss, but it wasn't because of Matt that it, I liked the songs off of that album that I liked. I really liked them. I just found the rest of it was a little long. And wasn't a huge fan of Nine, because I didn't really like the electronic in they brought in. But, like, one more time, the punkiest album It's that the Mark, done. Tom, and Travis show. It's the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. Like, yeah, it was, when I was a kid, single digits in age, I was listening to Radio Disney day in and day out. It was boy band pop music all day, every day, until... The first time I was in my parents' car and they accidentally flipped it to the alternative station and I heard all the small things for the first time. And I was like, immediately, I was like, why am I not listening to stuff that sounds like this all the time? Like, in the same vein as, like, Metallica were the band that got me interested in heavy metal, Blake-182 were the band that got me interested in rock music in the first place. 
they're a load-bearing pillar in yeah. my life. I would be a different person if I had never been into them. The first band I ever played in was functionally a Blink-182 cover yeah. band yes. with Ian and my dumb shit friends from high school. Right. And we played one show in my friend's backyard and we covered Damn It. And another yes. band that played that day also covered Damn It by Blink-182. <laughs> so you got two dumb shit high school bands covering the same song at two different points. It's this the it's yeah there is there is a part of my view of this album that is absolutely shaped by the rose tinted nostalgia that I have for the days when I would when I would I would pour over the Macbeth catalog <laughs> you know but it's just really cool to see them be friends again yeah and writing music that sounds enthusiastic about that friendship again yeah and and I think enthusiasm is definitely something that has been from yeah. their sound. Like I, you can tell when it's on California, and you can tell when it's not there on California. And that's I think thing that makes California kind of an album that didn't sit that well with. When they're on, they're on. But when they're off, you can tell that something's off. <laughs> One more time is having so much fun together. Yeah, and shit on here that covers every aspect of beer like there's a song that sounds like a straight up boxcar race yep and and there's a song that sounds like an angels and airwaves like it's there's it's, blink wave it, there's blink wave yeah it's it sounds like a celebration of everything that they've done together in the like holes that they've been a band and i mean like you could say that it's just like nostalgia or whatever but like you also get songs like one more time where they like directly reference all of like the shitty things that they did to each other and like it very much is like the most introspective song that the three of them have ever written together. Which, by the alongside way, alongside the thirty-second song, which is just an excuse for them to say as many cuss words as possible, right? Over I, a DB. <laughs> I showed I showed my uncle "Happy Holidays, You Bastard" today, and he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. And because it on, is, yeah, because because it, is. it still is the funniest <laughs> thing. Poop is funny. <laughs> Like, uh, Mark Hoppus is 51 years old, and, like, he's right when he thinks that poop is funny. Right. <laughs> it just is. I'm sorry. Uh, God, yeah. I I don't know. Like, overall, One More Time is, like, really high up on albums that I've heard this year. If we're putting all genres as... as e I fucking love this album, and I can't stop listening to it. It is it is an album that has that made me tremendously happy. Yeah. It is... Eight. And and another album that's made me tremendously happy. Who goes next? Is it Vince? Vince does. Okay, because I'm going to kick it over to Vince and say another album that makes me tremendously happy is In My Saddest Dreams, I Am Beside You by Dreamwell, Vince Go. Yay! Let's <laughs> fucking go right now. I forgot that album came out in October, too. <laughs> it was not on my list, so I appreciate you remembering, because if I had forgotten to scream at you idiots about this album, I would have been the one waking up in a cold sweat. Hi, I'm your local Jehovah's Witness for this fucking band. Why have you not listened to Dreamwell already this year? Have you listened to Dreamwell? Will you listen to Dreamwell? When will you listen to Dreamwell? Do it fucking now. This band is the future. They are the wave, as the kids say. You need to already have this album. You need to already own it physically in your meaty claws. It's so goddamn good. 
It's so goddamn good. This is what all Screamo should be forever and ever. Amen. Every Screamo album should also reference both a Mountain Goats song and the John Darnielle literary universe. Stacking we have we have both good reasons forever. to freeze to death and all towers drawn in the equatorial room. Hey, Vince, I see this is their uh, first prosthetic. Is that Indeed a good fit for, for them? Yeah. Unbelievably good fit. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great stuff. Kind of was not shocked at all to find that one out. I was like, no, that that tracks. Yeah. It's a good one. And it's good for them, too, because they have had a lot of struggle with record labels up to this point. <laughs> so getting getting got by one with like a solid reputation of delivering on promises is 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 a big sigh of relief for them <laughs> and much deserved for a band say, that works as hard as they do at what they do as long as we're talking about 10 out of 10 album titles blight or uh, song titles blight town blight town type beat is i'm so happy that they never changed that like the story of blight town type beat is that it was the fake name that they had for the song before like lyrics were written when it was just in pre-production and stuff and they never came up with a better song title for it so on the final album it's called blight town type beat and it's incredible it and it does in fact sound like what trudging through blight town is like yeah it that's sounds a great like that that's a it great sounds song. like taking poison damage over and over and over and yeah. over again yeah it, it, this album is insane it's so good it's Modern Grotesque is a life-changing album for me in a literal tangible sense. It changed my life for having heard it. And this one's better. <laughs> this one is better than that. So I don't think that I could sell you on uh on it harder than that. <laughs> the first the first track alone, Good Reasons to Freeze to Death alone, is maybe one of the most Unbe-fucking-leavable jaw-dropping songs I've heard this yeah. entire year. It's crazy. It's a, it's a wild way to start the album, too, but I love the way that they structured it. Because it flows... It's like... It's the first album that the five of them have written together as a band. Because they're, Casey, their vocalist, was not the vocalist that they originally had. And they came into the project like midway through songwriting as a vocalist but this is the one start to finish the five of them have written this thing together as the five of them and so it feels a lot more cohesive and part of that is because this album has like an overarching narrative story which the 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 emotional flow of the songs follows that narrative arc it's like it's it's crazy the amount of detail and thought that goes into like the sequencing and the way that the songs are composed and the way that they like flow into each other, it's like it, it's so it's so like lock tight in detail. It's so good. Where is is this band from? Where is this this band from, Vince? Providence, they are Rhode from Island. Providence, Rhode Island, or thereabouts. <laughs> okay. Would you say they're carrying the flag for that genre yeah. now? Is, oh yeah. yeah, for right for yeah. right now, yes, absolutely. They are the they are the fucking Olympic torchbearers of Screamo these days. They are doing it like no one else, doing it way big. Um, yeah, I have to. Yeah, check that off. Sorry, that was my way of stopping talking and starting talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of surprised that you didn't talk about a different album from october I, but i told you there's just as many that i listened to that i completely you forgot didn't listen about. did you not listen to javelin 
Oh, that came out in October. That was October, dog. Oh, shit, man. I haven't I listened listen to, to Javelin, Javelin yet because I'm scared to listen to and Javelin you because be. and you that be. album is going to crush me into yeah. peace. Uh, the new Sufjan Stevens album uh, <laughs> written uh-huh. before he uh, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder that almost left him paralyzed uh, and unable to make music anymore. And the album that he wrote after the death of his longtime loving partner, it's going to be awful yeah, it's <laughs> for me fucking... emotionally. It's going to it's going to do things to me. And I'm not prepared for it, so I haven't listened it yet. <laughs> it's a fucking... but it's out there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's exactly what you think it is. It is something that you have to mentally prepare yourself for. Yeah. It is one of the best albums that he's ever put out in his yeah. career. If you thought Carrie and Lowell was rough, oh um, shit, this is way worse. This mm-hmm. is way worse than Carrie and Lowell. I I can only imagine that this is way worse than Carrie. This and one Lowell will was. have you gasping, Sufjan. No, out loud in the grocery store. <laughs> Think about that post every fucking time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> every yeah. time Fourth of July comes on, I'm like Sufjan, no, <laughs> Sufjan, no. Um, yeah, it's it's Jesus as bad, Christ. if not worse, than what you think it is. But the music is gorgeous, and it's a wonderful album. It is just about the most traumatic thing that a person can go through. And then he went through something almost equally as traumatic. Like, but he's doing fuck? good. Yeah, that's good to hear. He's doing really good. good. We got hear. we got Sufjan update that he's doing good. He's in physical therapy right now. Uh, and I personally wish him nothing but love and the best. Oh, same. All of us wish him nothing but the best. What else, Vince? Yeah. Anyway, um, while we're on the subject of prosthetic records, uh, Body Void put out a new album in October called Atrocity Machine, um, which is their first album with a new member kind of because they also did um like extra noise as a guest on body void's last album but this is their first album as like an official third member of the of the band so this brings a lot more uh like industrial and noise to the table on atrocity machine which i think really complements their sound and makes them uh stand out they ha- it's a very sort of like primitive manny vibe that they're going for but like primitive man wrapped in a trans flag <laughs> which is pretty fucking awesome if i do say so myself <laughs> um i've i've loved body void for a long time i think this is this new one is pretty exciting from them i i really like the direction that they're going with this and i hope that they can keep it rolling um another album i wanted to talk about um is desolations flower by regatta which is um a very cool like doomy black metal album um from a long-running act that is now on the flenser which is a label that i love um i have to look at something real quick because there's a particular way that this band described themselves that i think will give uh good context to what you would be in for they played out in the desert with Don Raid before COVID, and I didn't yes. go. Totally regretting that. Yeah, I do Don kind Raid of, no I do exists. kind of regret that as well. That would have been really fun. Yeah, storms and golden light, queer anti-fascist sentimental destruction doom from the northern forests and the fog of the Bay Area. So, if any of those words sound like your speed, and I think that they should, 
this album also has my strong recommendation. And the final album that I want to talk about, which is another in a series of what seems to be the trend is bands surprise dropping albums on us this year, um, is Master's Murmur by Yellow Eyes, which is not an album that I thought I was going to bring to the table initially, because despite the fact that I am the resident Yellow Eyes stan of this little group that we have, I wasn't sure if I liked this album or not. Um, it's very different. It does not feel uh, initially, I think, much like what you expect. It's kind of not a black metal album, but it kind of is. Like, there are moments of metal, but it's mostly clean and acoustic guitars and strange vocals. And occasionally Mike Reykjavik is there and he hits something. Don't forget Um, the dungeon synth ass uh, keyboards. There are some dungeon synth ass keyboards in there as well. Um, It's a weird, jarring experience. But the more that I listened to it, the more I actually thought it was really clever and kind of awesome. Um, it does a really good job of not just deconstructing Yellow Eyes' music, but deconstructing black metal tropes as a whole. And it's it's really smart in a way. Like you get the kind of you get Yellow Eyes riffs played without distortion, so you can actually hear a lot more of what he's doing. Um, because Will makes some very strange uh choices <laughs> that I am head over heels in love with, but those the, the idea of isolating those without distortion or just like doing something and then everything goes silent and Mike Reykjavik's like throws out a blast beat real quick and then it just stops and it goes back to what it was doing before. It's like it's it's pretty wild. It's really out there, but the more I listen to it, the more I'm kind of in love with it. Like it's it's it's, it's interesting. I would say give it a shot. I really like it. It might end up on like my year end list with how with how clever I think it is. Yeah, it's really cool. And it'll be interesting, like, well, because they're basically describing it as like foreplay for the new album that they're coming out with next year. So it'll be interesting to see how it ties in. It'll be like the reverse of, you know, uh, Wolves in the Throne Room, like maybe like with their the second two songs on Crypt of Ancestral Knowledge being like, you know, revisions of primordial arcana maybe yeah you know the actual metal album will be like tied in with some of these tracks i'm not certain yeah like if they release celestite before celestial lineage <laughs> yeah 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 i uh, actually album? i didn't know what the like the concept for this album was again because like i don't have much by way of social media to keep up with stuff like this i just know that chris dropped a post and he was like two new yellow eyes albums done one of them is getting dropped like this friday and i was like holy shit yeah and then i listened to it and i was like wait what the fuck is this <laughs> what's the name of the album master's murmur master you know i know that this is not my style as much but i haven't heard them since 2017's immersion trench you're you missing a good album there's a good ceiling. album in between then and now well there's two good albums now i just <laughs> yeah Two now, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when they came on my radar with Sick with Bloom. Yeah, that was when they... I actually was kind of lucky enough to know about them before then, but Sick with Bloom was when they... was the first album they put out on Gilead Media. So it was the first one that had a lot more, like, wide coverage. Mm -hmm. I got into Yellow Eyes through a friend of mine who ran a, 
uh, music blog back in the day, and he was really into uh, the Desert Mourns, which is the EP that they put out like before Sick with Bloom, and uh, their first album, Silence Threads the Evening's Cloth, was like another big one of his. So I found out about them through my through my friend Ben. Shout out to Ben. Uh, rest in peace, Black Metal and Bruise will live forever. <laughs> um, but he w- uh, they were the one who got me into like uh, Yellow Eyes and stuff. And so when they signed to my favorite record label, I was like, holy shit, yeah, like now so many more people get to know how awesome this band is. And Sick With Bloom, I think, still might be like my personal favorite album of theirs. But I really like that they're getting weird with it. I think it's really fun. And I'm kind of interested to see how this and whatever happens after it tie together. You know, that's a really quick thing. You 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 say you like in getting pre weird. Can can your allegiance to a band can you and I mean this, you know, I don't want this to sound weird. Can you put up with a good sense of or a good amount of weird? Yes. Are you yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if my my foundation sometimes I'm a little too stuck in my ways that I if it's a little too weird. Yeah. That's that's okay. I ju- I can put it if it's if stuff wanders into like a specific territory is more when I'm just like okay I can't hang with this if it's something yeah. that I don't like in particular but like a band doing stuff like this is really almost more interesting to me. I really like when when stuff is weird in this way or like weird like Aronsi Pazuzu was weird. Or was like Gilead? That. Are they the the migration fest people? Mm-hmm. Okay. Whenever a migration fest does come back, <laughs> is it gonna? Is that something that we don't talk about? COVID that... destroyed. COVID yeah. destroyed it, and then uh, they tried to reschedule it. COVID destroyed it a second time, and then they were like, "It'll be back when it's back." And that was a long time ago. Well, so we'll see. I, God I've is been taking following... all of our good festivals from us, Vince. Let me tell you, I've, you know, Ireland I've been following Vince. Maryland Death Fest for years. If something yeah. things you know come back. And like Maryland Death Fest shows, things come back again. So I'm sure that it will when they're ready, you yeah. know. But Adam's a busy guy. He's got Gilead. He's got two record stores, and planning yeah. a festival on top of all of that and a personal life is is a lot to yeah. handle. So I'd rather that he bite off exactly what he can. Well, stay tuned for the Nine Circles Fest. Might not ever happen. Just... That would be fun. I'm just saying it now, little, so we, we can do a little thought experiment of what exactly a Nine Circles Fest would look like. That would be cool. Yeah. Anything else, Vince? Nah, that was pretty much it. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff I haven't listened to yeah. yet because I have been severely lacking in time and energy and focus. So, yeah. Uh, Angela, you need to uh, grab a cup of coffee. You need to take a shot. And you need to to do something to wake back up and merge back into traffic here. Come on back in, Angela. What do you what do you have for Oct- October? I got you. I got you. I'm here. I'm with it. Um <laughs> I have three albums. Um one is Mirker's new album, Spine. Well, you've been on this one in our group chat. I love it so much. It's um gonna be probably my most played album this year. I don't know if it'll be like top again, it's tricky because it's not quite metal. Um, you know, I was going to, I was going to say, well, like, what even is she doing these days? Yeah. In her fashion, you know, it's a blend of, of folk and black metal, but overall I'd say it's on the softer side. Um, no two songs are alike on this album, but they all flow together really perfectly. She's got a song that's more like synthy, which I haven't really heard her do before. And then she has another one that's more 
theatric with strings and piano. Um, it's just really cool to this showcase of styles that she excels at all of them perfectly. Um, so yeah, I, I really love this album. It's very poetic and moving. It's beautiful. Um, the album art is amazing. Just all of it. I'm just obsessed with. So yeah, it's, I, I don't know that it's going to be on the top of my year end list because it, it's not quite metal. Like there's definite sprinkles of it, but you know, I did write it for rainbows. So um, but yeah, it's an amazing album and it's definitely, I was, I was just looking at my on repeat playlist on Spotify and like the whole album's on there. So it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely been listened to a lot. Um, so yeah, that one is excellent. Um, and then two other albums that I wanted to talk about that I just looked and we had the promos for both of them and I was unaware of them at the time. So I did not grab them and both of them got missed and were not written about, but they deserve some sort of recognition um the first one is by a band called the keening and the album is little bird and the keening is a solo project of rebecca vernon of sabrosa Mm. and it's excellent um so this is her first solo release and it's dark folk with strings harp french horn piano organ it's really beautiful and another one that's just like very flowy and has some eerie moments and dark themes, but it's really well done and very beautiful. What a sad but beautiful album cover, too. I know, yeah. Um, And it's on Relapse, so the production is stellar, yeah. Um, And then the last one I wanted to talk about... I'm adding that to the playlist now. Do it. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Um, The other... The last album I wanted to talk about is by a British band called Uria, and the album is Hataluna. I could totally butchering that, um, but they are. Let me. I gotta. I gotta seance the ashes of my grandmother back, and maybe she'll be able to tell you. Did you say the album's called Hetalia? Shut the fuck up. No. Shut the fuck up right now. (laughs) Don't bring this evil into our house. But anyway, um, (laughs) it's a very good, very solid black metal album. It's super high energy. Each song is very fast paced and aggressive. Um, in the plane, but not the tone. The overall like feel is very it's just really good really good black metal so definitely recommend to those all and that's all i got short and sweet okay (laughs) Colin, i i assume on your list maybe i uh maybe i'm going on a limb here mallow carpathian maybe that's on your list but that is not actually i know that band but i've never actually checked them out they're one of those bands where i'm like i know i should because i think there was a side project of theirs that or like I can't remember that well I I had checked out, but yeah, that's lots I've, of I've, lots of people really love them, and I don't think I ever got it. Yeah, yeah, that, their 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 2020 album, man, people love that album. Yeah, I think I listened to like a little bit of that one, but I not enough to like really get a good opinion yeah. on it. Okay, but, buddy, what what do you have for your October plays? Uh, I've got a few, some of which I did review for the site. Uh, one I wish I did review for the site. Anyway, so to start off, we got um. Auriferous Flame, which is a one of many side pro- or many projects of one Alos of Greece, one of the probably the most prolific and yeah, best at, the, at this point maybe the, the RABM man scene. in black metal. Yeah, Fuck, I forgot about this one. Yeah, definitely check it out because it whips ass. Because this this is the second album from this project, but it's a lot more focused than the first one because he describes this one as like wanting to be more like traditional black metal like taking it back to its roots this doesn't have you know the folk influence stuff of mistras it doesn't have the like all over the place with spectral lore um 
if this one's more just like straight up like ass ripping black metal with like little bits of thrash here and there but there's like it's it's very good and so this one's a lot more focused and um compared to the first one that was pretty much just kind of like a it was kind of like a spectral lore b-side but without any weird stuff but this one is just yeah riffs 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 lots of uh doesn't really stop aside from a couple ambient tracks and it's he did say something like about you know oh the uh, this is me showing that it's not just like a side project that i'm trying to put more effort into it um so that is auriferous flame and ardor for black mastery um and it's got a cool like uh i don't know 70s dnd album cover as well so yeah very good album uh, this is something I'm going vaguely like the order of when things came out in the month, but um, this is something I wish I had reviewed for the site because what I did review for the site the week this came out sucked ass. I'm not even going to mention it, but um, <laughs> uh, this is an album uh, by a band called Vertebra Atlantis. It's called A Dialogue with the Eerious Sublime. This is a project from this uh, Italian guy. And he just goes by GG on his, uh, it's like Gabriel something Italian. Anyway, um, this is like black death metal. Like it's on iVoidHanger Records, which if you follow them at all, you know, you're going to get like weird, cool, like dissonant, crazy black death metal going on. That's kind of like their thing um, uh, for the most part. But this is, album is called A Dialogue with the Eerie Sublime and the description of it it was the, the label put out described it as a a mix between late emperor and gorguts and i'm like and it actually is not a bad description you've got you know gorgut style like dissonant death metal going on with black metal riffage but it's also got these like moments of symphonic stuff as well it's i've only given it like one listen so far but it's very very good i wish i had uh, picked it up for the site and then this an album i know uh Buke was on Buke's radar. It is the uh, second album from a band called Sepulchral Curse, uh, Abhorrent Dimensions. This is a Finnish death metal band that I haven't listened to their first album yet, but this one they come they put in some black metal elements that really like sold uh, the album on me. And God, the the guy's vocals are painful to listen to because they're so friggin' low. I don't. This dude is gargling razors during the recording. It's it's insane how low this guy's vocals get and there's no diversity of the vocals at all it's just literally just this insanely low you know roar the whole time but musically there's lots more going on it, it seems like a you know death metal album at first glance but there's like some cool black metal stuff there's lots of melody thrown in here and there as well um yeah you like this one right buke did you check yes. this one out I do. I do. I I saw them years ago at, uh, if I remember correctly, they were at Maryland Death Fest. Or when I saw a bunch of Swedish death bands there, I was I branched out. And that's how I found them then. Been a fan of these guys for years now. Great, great, great stuff. Yeah. And I think they said something about they've already got something else on the way for next year, I want to say. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But yeah, so that's, that's a band to keep an eye out for. Um, then um one other thing uh this is a band that it there was a project i know vince <clears throat> liked them as well as a band called false who disbanded in 2020 due to some allegations against one of the members but it's a it's a side project of two former false members called caldeket it's k-a-l-d-e-k-e-t they released one ep in 2021 and then they just came out the second one this month and then uh gilead media is releasing both of them together as a vinyl um 
But yeah, so it's pretty cool black metal in the vein of, you know, what False seemed to be going in. And the interesting part is that it's the drummer of False on guitars, bass, and but not drums, they're programmed drums. So I guess he can play guitar really well too. And then you've got the keyboardist of False on keys and vocals. And this is, you know, like pretty chaotic synth heavy uh black metal it's got these like evangelist ass 80s synths going throughout the music which is pretty cool um after that i got um this came out on the 31st it was a band called it's a band called crystal coffin now i know we're a podcast but i'm gonna have every i'm gonna show everyone what the album cover looks like so this is crystal coffin the curse of immortality um Go ahead and look this up on like Bandcamp or something. But it is, I want to get everyone's uh, thoughts on the album cover because this is uh, uh, one of the most, one of the more interesting album covers I've uh, ever seen. So this is Pistol Cop and the Curse of oh, Immortality. What? No, <laughs> no, this sucks. <laughs> I'm right. surprised Dan didn't use this one in his Good imagery. He, yeah. he did. He did. did he he oh, absolutely he, did. No, he didn't. I, I know I looked because I looked up for the thing did, for his. Yeah. Did he? I swear. Hang on, I'm gonna look. Pretty yeah. sure he did. But yeah, so this is so it's Crystal Coffin, The Curse of Immortality, garbage ass album cover. I feel bad trashing it because one of the band members, like the one who's like the main one behind the project, has done did the album cover and has done all this band's album covers, which are just as bad, if not, they're probably worse. The rest of their album covers are worse. Yeah, one hundred percent. The rest of. <laughs> This is the best one out of the lot. Yeah. But and it's not. Dan did yeah. not use this one. No. <laughs> it should have been on there. But, well, I could yeah. say it's no Mirror Reaper. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Mario is Lewandowski who. <laughs> but so what this is, I, I first I regretted. I decided to pick this up from our promo list on a whim. And it's like, because I heard one song. I'm like, oh, that's fine. But it actually ended up being a pretty solid album. It builds itself as melodic black metal, but it's like, it's got these prog elements that almost feel like modern day enslaved or maybe even like Ziltoid Devin Townsend a little bit. There's some cool sci-fi stuff going on here that the music is a lot better than the um, album cover. So it's a very good case of uh, don't judge an album by its cover. <laughs> unfortunately but um and the last thing i have this did not come out in october but uh i've gotten into it it's a band called dimu bongir <laughs> and an album called uh ready but it's uh hivis pipens are tar os <laughs> and come on it... man <laughs> so are you fucking got... kidding me yeah so this is uh a norwegian black symphonic black metal band that is despite the gimmick of you know 90s black metal with uh weed names because we've got songs like bong blast transylvanian munchies pagan rips uh, <laughs> i'm sorry transylvanian munchies might be the best fucking song title i've ever heard in my life yeah so but this is not just a gimmick it's actually pretty damn good like 90s throwback to the synths and the vocalist does a pretty serviceable ICS Vortex impression. That's <laughs> so hearing him do these, you know, uh, Vortex vocals with talking about, you know, uh, black metal bong rips is it's pretty fun. So it's it's worth checking out. Shout out to John Rosenthal of Invisible Oranges and Decibel who did like an interview with the band. That was how I found out about it. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for October. Pretty stacked month. All right. Well. My October is very thin. 
didn't listen to a lot. Oh, I should say I didn't listen to a lot because not a lot of things that caught my interest. But uh, the Lion's Daughter released a new album, Bathhouse. That did came they out. really? Yep. How did I out. miss that? Um, I love my John Carpenter black sludge metal. <laughs> you're you're too deep in other things, but you're you're too deep. Uh, if you didn't get to the mountain goats, I'm not surprised you didn't. Yeah, get to I've, I really didn't. I'm deep in something. <laughs> and most days it feels like a river of shit. But that'll oh. be for a, a different podcast. Oh. Talk about album art. Damn. Yeah. This is another one that should have been on Dan's list. <laughs> yeah. Look it up. That's uh, for sure. That's what I look like when I drink a bad energy drink from the gas station. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> My goodness. Um. So, uh, actually, oh, it's it funny gets that worse the longer you stare at it. The, That's cool. <laughs> uh, the lion's daughter I was not familiar with until our very own Vince uh, turned me on to them with the release of their skin show album back in 2021. That's what put them on my map. It's and... it's so good. I yeah. I that's just it's fun. I love yeah. I love the eighties horror sense that they throw in there. It's such a cool idea. Yeah, I love the commitment really to releasing cool. albums in October. It's awesome. Um also staying true to my death metal vibes, Autopsy released a new album, Ashes, Organs, Blood, and Crips. It's just classic autopsy death metal. I don't need to say much more than that. Classic true heavy metal uh, from the band Sorcerer out through Metal Blade Records. The guy has one of the most powerful voices in metal called Reign of the Reaper. That's out through Metal Blade Records. And Endseeker, another uh, death metal band who I've interviewed here on the pod. Wasn't there a new Suffocation album that came out in October? November. November. Oh, shit. And it's good. It's good. Didn't say nothing. Uh, global warming is the end seeker album. Global warming, there's a worm on the top on the album cover eating something. That is, uh, oh, and also Gravesend released an album, Non Nonis Death Stomp. Hell yeah, dirty uh, fucking grind. Yeah, very. That's a, I, I don't know why because you guys know I'm not a grind guy yet, but Methods of Human Disposal from 2021. That album kind of caught my attention because it was mostly talk- death metal. It was it's they're less yeah. a grind band and more just a death metal band that plays really fast. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk album covers? Methods of Disposal's album cover is a nun taking a shit reading a newspaper, and that is what that album sounded like. Guanas Death Stomp sounds much the same. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a yeah. So those are my choices. We will get into our a recommendation of any sorts right now what else we've been into for october and then we will get out of here so coming back around with Haragon, ian you are first up buddy um i gotta be honest i wasn't prepared for this can i That's can fine. i get skipped and we come can back come, to me <laughs> we certainly can i don't Vince. know how i keep forgetting that this always happens skip okay angela if you if you if we don't have any, we don't have to do it this month. We can hit you with. Uh, I'll give you guys a month to think of something if you want. I was prepared. Um, <laughs> October has been consumed with birthday things and Halloween stuff. Um, a card pumpkin with the nephew, which is wonderful. Through our annual Halloween party, it was really fun. We drinky ghost. We attended another Halloween party. So October has been lovely. Um, 
I want to talk about two books, and I wish Hera was here, but I will text them later. Um, I'm currently reading Silver Nitrate by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, who also wrote Mexican Gothic, um, and I'm enjoying it. It's a dark thriller around Mexican horror cinema and Nazi occultism and a curse that haunts a lost film, so it's very interesting and spooky. Um, another book that I wanted to mention is The Silent Companions by Laura Purcell. This has been on my to-read list for forever, and I finally got my hands on a copy. It is so good and creepy. It's a Victorian ghost story about a woman whose husband has just died, and she um, sets out to his estate uh, that has been in the family, discovered a locked room that has old family diaries, haunting, very lifelike wooden figures, um, and lots of creepy things happen. It's, I love some good spooky reads, and especially in October. So it's a- we go. Colin, do you have anything, or do I need to come back to you? You too. Uh, I don't have too much because okay. life's been pretty busy. But um, okay. I have I have been starting to watch uh, what we do in the shadows. I think I'm at the I have one episode left in the second season, so that's been a lot of fun. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, now you can join us. Okay, good. It, yeah. That show is amazing. And Ian, you weren't here for that one, but wasn't the ending? Oh, you didn't watch it. The episode we hadn't yeah. watched the ending. Yeah. Wasn't that now, awesome? Right? Yeah. yeah, you guys are. are caught up now. We Wasn't are. the ending of the most recent season awesome? It was so good. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, yeah, Ian, I'm, I'm gonna come back to it. you. Do you have a recommendation, buddy? Um. Uh. If not, <laughs> you, we'll we'll double up with you next month. Yeah, I'll I'll come back with more stuff. That it's okay. The work has been absolutely killing me. It's, it's okay. It's the busy season. I feel like I haven't had a a moment myself in a long time yesterday was like the first solid day that angela and i had where we had absolutely nothing going on so we took advantage of that um but yeah beyond that i just i've i, I haven't had time to enjoy much of anything I, that's that's except all music hey nothing wrong with that vince you have anything buddy yeah i'm also kind of in the same boat where i'm like desperately trying to think of anything that i did this month at all just, that wasn't yeah. just work and surviving and i don't honestly think i did anything at all like shout it's outs, been shout outs to surviving though yeah shout out to surviving big time so what i what i will say in lieu of a direct recommendation i will tell you what has been keeping me surviving my strong recommendation for you this month is to just get out there and be as weird as possible just fuck it fuck everything you should get out there and be as weird as humanly or inhumanly possible go nuts there are no rules just fucking do it and that's what that's what i got i love it i love it um only recommendation i will hit you guys with a tv series i just watched with my lovely wife in between her busy schedule my lovely lady wife (laughs) we watched the amazon prime show the wilderness um it is i'm just gonna say it's a show about a Husband and wife, are they boyfriend and girlfriend? As my wife just walks out, so whatever they are, she left me hanging. But there's about a couple. There's intrigue, there's twists, there's turns. I highly recommend The Wilderness on Amazon Prime. And I will leave it at that. And we will wrap up here. October 2023 has come to an end. It is now November 2023. We have been doing this I've been podcasting for years now here at nine circles. We've been doing this for a while. I say that because we always have room 
for more. If you want to write for Nine Circles, if you want to do audio content, if you want to cover shows, if you want to do anything, um, help us out here. You guys are all doing amazing work. Angela, I personally want to say a shout out to you for helping uh, take our site to the next Big step, um, getting more recognition. Not that we need it. Well, you know what? We do need it because we all don't of you need spend, it, but we deserve no, it. God damn we it. Don't, want it. I don't we say we it. don't need, we don't need, but you guys, you know, we, all of us and everybody's content that they do, everybody takes time away from their families, their, their loved ones, their, just their life to do this for no paycheck for nothing. We do it just, for love of it this this we is do our this shit hobby. for clout homie and it's yeah we're, give me we're those also, instagram likes we're also very very fortunate in the sense that this is not a site that is structured on you know when it comes time for us to review stuff josh doesn't assign us anything because he doesn't have to and and i remember i think the worst comment i ever got on a review that i wrote essentially said that you well, you only review things that you like and that's the fucking point <laughs> like the point of doing this also, the best not always thing... but well yeah but but, but the, we like... have the freedom to take a chance on stuff and also like if i know an album is coming out that i'm really excited about i'm gonna pick that over something yeah. that i'm not sure about so yeah. like you notice that almost all of the reviews that we write are positive unless we take a chance on something and it doesn't work out. And that happens every once in a while. Or unless like, it's an Opeth album on launch day. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah. Unless Sorry, a surprise, it got a little smoky in here for a second. Unless a surprise comes along the way and, you know, but like for the, mo we're, we're very, very fortunate in that we have the ability to just talk about the things that we love. Um, and if that sounds like something that you'd be interested in, oh. I would normally say we're a very normal website, but apparently we're not. Okay. Apparently we're no, very we're, weird, and that's no, we're okay. Fucking, we're fucking freaks, man, and yeah. you are too. You yeah. are too. Yeah. Don't deny yeah. this shit. Don't deny your animal self. Come, I, join us. We are a normal website. We will bite you. I have one more uh, shirt. Sorry, one more shirt. One more recommendation. Jackbox Party Pack 10 came out. Oh, hell and yeah. included in Jackbox pack 10 which all of us need to play is uh tko2 tko2 it's back oh, i love tko that's one of my favorite jackbox yes games. if you ever played tko and you made shirts and you actually ordered the yes. shirt that's yes yes that game is so fucking fun it's back it's oh back in yeah. uh the latest jackbox so Fuck yeah. that's my recommendation. If you're looking for something to do with your friends, Jackbox Party Pack 10 is out. We should do that sometime. Nine yes. Circles game night. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then we all come it's on here and wear long. our shirts. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. There's a shirt. I never heard about this. Oh, yeah. in this game, game, in this game on Jackbox, you funny. make yeah, you make shirts. And if like you like your shirt, they'll print it up for you. Yeah. You can order it. Yeah, like you submit match. like everybody submits drawings of whatever, and then everybody submits phrases, words, whatever, and then um everybody gets like a mix of people's drawings and a mix of people's phrases that they submitted, and you get to combine to make shirts, and they're oh my god, unhinged, they're ridiculous, yeah, and amazing, yeah. yeah, it's awesome. So that will do it then. Um. Nine Circles is coming up on the end of the year chat, so 
start oh, yeah. thinking of of lists you know i would love to see some listener submitted lists so if you want to nonecircles.co your first at, your first piece of writing on our uh, on our staff can be a year-end list it's fine it can it can yeah it, it often certainly is. can super fun we do what we want uh so Bitch. that's it we will shut this party down we will turn the lights out you don't have to go home but you got to get out of here so uh we're shutting this this down so for ian for vince for angela for colin i am buke everybody stay and for safe. Hera, rest in peace Hera. Oh, and yeah and for Hera, <laughs> she they uh, didn't die they just had to go get dinner <laughs> hope she's having something good we will talk to you next month ninecircles.co Angela, what are our, our uh, social tags for in, in, Instagram? Is it at nine nine circles? Uh, no, <laughs> it's underscore nine circles. Yeah, we were fast nine enough circles. to grab the the branding. Hey, underscore nine circles on Insta. Damn, we lost a follower. We got six six six. Now. Somebody go follow us right now. Go follow us right now. We have Kathleen, to have the cool number. Do you follow us on Instagram? Oh. She says, damn it. Damn it, Kathleen. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Kathleen, make the cat an Instagram right now. Okay. I have to go make a cat an Instagram page to get (laughs) this fixed. I will see everybody next episode. See ya.